Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees. Well, the Yankees, 31 games over 500. Again, you couldn't even imagine this before the season started. 47-16. to 16. Win this sixth uh, game in a row on this homestand. Again, seven games overall. And 14th consecutive win at the new, new Yankee Stadium uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays, who came in here for, I guess, part two of the kind of, you would say, an AL East uh, showdown. Uh, Yankees split two and two down in Tampa a couple weeks ago. Come up here. Yankees sweep all three games. Three excellent games. Get into all that. Before we do, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So if you haven't done already, subscribe. Get notified when new content goes up throughout the season. Little wrap-ups like this. Little stories. Little anecdotes. Little whatnot. And some garlic fries. Okay, we'll hold the garlic fries. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So um, if you remember you know, the previous showdown with the Rays, you know, when the Yankees went down there, the Yankees took the first two games and you kind of got a little greedy a little bit. And, but then the Yankees dropped the last two. Now, if you remember, you know, I said at the time, even they split 2-2, you still felt that it was a Yankee win in a way because just going down there, you know, they got outpitched a little bit by Tampa. Not much. You know, the only game that was really kind of lopsided was the first game that the Yankees uh, won 7-2. That was a game where Nesta Cortez, you know, dominated and then the Yankees tacked some runs on later on. But all four of those games are very close. And then you figure, you know what, the Yankees just clean a few things up and just pitch a little bit better than them. That's the form of the beat Tampa Bay Rays. You know, it, the, the scores are all going to be low scoring. It's not going to be high octane offense. You're not going to have 10-8 scores. You're not going to have, you know, um, you know, kind of what the Yankees and the, and the Red Sox used to do in the early 2000s where you would have these four-hour games of, like, the final score would look like a football score. It would be like, you know, uh, you know, 14 to 12 or 10 to 8, something like that. You're not going to get that with the Yankees and the Rays. It's always going to be low scoring. And literally, this, you just got to outpitch them. You know, their lineup. You know, they could put some runs up here and there a little bit, but it's not a dominating lineup. So you just need a situation where people like Cole, need people like Nesta Cortez, um, or Severino, who unfortunately couldn't pitch in a series. We'll get into that in a second. Just have to go up there and dominate them and just be better than their starters. And that's really it. I mean, it's a simple science. And the Yankees did that this series. So um, good just to have that feather in their cap because when it comes to time in October, that's going to be the way to beat them. So just to do it yourself and kind of feel it and know you can do it and can dominate You know, some of their good starters as well. You know, it, it's, it just gives you that much more confidence. So, uh, for the game itself, so Tampa came in here. Uh, Yankees, you know, fresh off of sweeping uh, the Cubs. And on the mound, of course, you know, uh, it's, it's the re, it was a rematch of what we saw down in um, uh, Tampa, which unfortunately didn't go good for the Yankees. Uh, Corey Kluber, uh, again, the former Yankee, we had, had him last season against Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole, uh, previous start, remember, he got bombed out in Minnesota, gave up five home runs. Probably his worst start of his career, maybe his first or second worst start of his career. Uh, had to be yanked. Um, from from the uh, third inning in that one, and but Cole bounced back strong in this one. Was the Garrett Cole and was throwing blanks up there with Corey Kluber. Kind of annoying part with Kluber though. This is like now the second game we haven't really been able to touch this guy. So you know you had this guy last season, gave him a shot. He was decent at first half a little bit. Throws the no hitter, and then of course that has the uh, shoulder issue. Pretty much shut down the second half of the season. Did come back pitching that one Subway Series game. Really wasn't effective. Blew a, blew a five nothing lead, and then really was the non factor for the Yankees, at least in you know, the second half of the season. And then he goes to the Rays, and you know it was going to happen because the Rays and whatever secret sauce they have with pitchers, whether it's a veteran pitcher or someone they call up from the minors, they sprinkle the secret magic up there, and also they become a phenomenal pitcher. And not to say Corey Kluber is phenomenal down there, but doing rather well for Tampa. Again, that's probably the Corey Kluber we should have had last season, but now he's doing it down in Tampa. But it nevertheless, to the game itself, um, this game was tight. Uh, really, the Yankees broke through in the fourth inning, uh, thanks to. A single, well, you could call it a single, a double by um, kind of Falefa. Now, Randy, as a as arena in left field, kind of overthrew, uh, overthrew Stanton, tried to score at home. Now, they scored this a, um, they scored it an error. I could see the error on the first throw. Stanton was going to kind of be in there anyway. You can't assume that the catcher was going to make the play and take Stanton out. So, 
to call that one and that's you know say that that, that was um, a run on an error. I'm not sure about that one because you can't assume the catch is going to catch it and, cl- and clean up uh, cleanly field it and the tag out stand. Now Torres, Gleyber Torres had the base running, saw the throw was high. He came home and scored the second run. Now on that run, that's potentially where you can say, all right, that was scored on an error. So a little kind of puzzling there with the, with the scorekeeping. But nevertheless, at that point, the Yankees had a 2-0 lead. And then from there, um, Cole gave the Yankees six. And then the Yankee bullpen, uh, Peralta, Michael King, and then Clay Holmes closed it out. Um, got a little you know, little scary, not scary, I guess, you know, uh, gave the Yankees a little threat there in the, in the ninth inning. Uh, Francisco Mejia uh, sent a shot to left, uh, I guess center left and uh, judge out there in center field, was able to flag the ball down in the gap. But, you know, for a second they thought maybe this could have gone out or at least would have fallen in for a double or even a triple uh, with two outs. You know, you figure Francisco would just be running, on, on, you know, as soon as he hit the ball. But nevertheless, judge, the big guy was able to track it down and secure the 2 nothing lead for the Yankees, which then brought us to uh, game two with Nestor Cortez on the mound. And uh, I guess now yeah, it's, it's nasty Nestor. Uh, so make sure, I believe it's uh, next Friday, June 24th at Yankee Stadium. You get your Nest, uh, nasty Nestor t-shirts for the first 18,000 fans. Free plug there for the Yankees. But on the mound uh, was Nestor Cortez. against probably, you can perhaps say, um, the Rays' second or best starting pitcher, Shane McClanahan. No, no relation to Dirty, uh, Dirty Harry, um, you know Harry Callahan of the Dirty Harry season. No relation, but Shane McClanahan, um, tough lefty, ERA on the two. Um, again, you could probably say he's, he's the first or second best starter on the Rays. But the Yankees got to him early, thanks to Aaron Judge, bottom of the first inning after a scoreless top frame by Nestor, hits his 25th home run of the season. I want to call this a Yankee Stadium cheapy home run. I mean, it wasn't totally the right field porch. It was kind of that right. Eh, area going towards the Yankee bullpen there a little bit where, again, probably a good amount of ballparks that still would have been a home run, but so I'm not going to call it a Yankee Stadium cheapy home run, but nevertheless, put the Yankees up uh, 1-0, but the big, big, big blow of this game uh, occurred in the fifth inning. Uh, Donaldson on base, um, kind of fluffer up at the at bat with Higgy uh, in the batting deck, and as we know, Higgy's been struggling mightily this season. Uh, yes, he did hit those two home runs in the Sunday game against the Cubs, but the second one was a joke, and it was Again, the first baseman had to come in the pitch. He was just throwing in knuckle balls and just, you know, lobbing balls. And then he, he hit his second home run of the season. But overall, it's been a miserable season for Higgy. But um, so with that in mind, they decided to walk IKF to pitch to Higgy, which, you know, made sense at the time. But Higgy made them pay. Uh, took a high inside fastball, turned on it, and blasted it to left field to the shock of many, even to myself watching. Uh, put the Yankees up that point. So three-run home run with Donaldson and IKF on the base. Put the Yankees up 4 nothing at that point. And you're feeling good now. You won the first game. You're beating up McClanahan. Um, but the Rays would answer back. And kind of interesting, I mean, Nestor was all right. Um, you know, when it's pitched into the sixth inning for the Yankees, only gave up the one run. Uh, but the interesting point, having the game in the eighth inning. Now, Miguel Castro was in for the Yankees. And uh, now uh, Matt Blake, the pitching coach for the Yankees, came out to you know for a mound visit. As it happened, uh Kevin Cash decided to bring up G-Man Choi to pinch hit. Now, that move was called, so that prompted now Boone. Now, this is technically going on as Blake is talking to Castro. Boone then prompted to call on Lucas Lucky um, to come in to, yeah, as a left-handed uh, pitcher to face the left-handed G-Man Choi. So the umpires were kind of not sure about this rule because if technically Blake was up there to visit, you know, that already counted for the visit. You can't have two visits in a row because Boone coming out there to yank out uh, Castro would have been technically a second mound visit. So it seemed that 
the umpires didn't know the rule. It seemed like Boone is not 100% sure. Kevin Cash, after this game, really had no comment on it. Uh, but it turned out that they were able to then uh, lift Castro in that spot and put in um, Lutke. Unfortunately, he wasn't lucky because he didn't do his job. So he was brought in there to face the left-handed uh, batter, ends up surrendering a uh, back-to-back couple of hits to um, Troy and uh, Rene Pinto, and actually ended up giving up two runs and cut the, uh, the Yankee lead down to four to three. Uh, so, you know, the Rays were craw- crawling back a little bit, which then left it up to Clay Holmes um, in the ninth inning. And again, this guy's has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, shuts the door on the game four to three. Notches his 30th um, consecutive scoreless inning, uh, which then ties a record held by the great Mariano Rivera. Uh, so Clay Holmes there up in some uh, you know royal company, again, for 30 consecutive uh, scoreless innings uh, in his appearances and closed the game out for the save. And now the Yankees have taken the first two games and have put themselves 30 games over 500 this early in the season. Again, on pace at that point to win about 118, 119 games. Don't think they're going to do that, but... Again, again, off to an amazing start, which then bring it to the third and final game where the Rays are just trying to save face at the point. Now, uh, a little interesting for both teams. So the Rays, just because of some injuries and just the way the rotation was shuffled, they knew they were going to go to a bullpen game, which is something they invented a couple of years ago, where, again, you, you bring kind of your seventh to eighth inning kind of uh, pitches to start the game, the first inning, and then you bring in like a minute relief to do the next three or four, and then you just go bullpen guy, bullpen guy for the you know five, six, seven, eight into the rest of the game. Uh, so you, the, the Rays knew that that's what they had coming for them. For the Yankees, they got the rug pulled under them. So it turns out that after that uh, Wednesday, that second game, uh, Luis Severino, who was scheduled to pitch the third game, uh, was experiencing some fevers, some chills, and so, stuff like that. So for COVID protocol, they decided to remove him from the clubhouse and you know, stay away from the team. And so the Yankees had to call on Clark Schmidt for an emergency start. Uh, but he came through, was fine, uh, gave the Yankees three solid innings, um, with five strikeouts. Now, in um, Severino's place, they called up uh, from the, the minors, uh, Ryan Weber, gave him a, a major league contract for that game, and he actually contributed three and uh, two-thirds of the inning himself, only surrendered the only run um, of the game uh, for the Yankee staff, uh, a kind of a home run to uh, Francisco Mejia, who, that, again, hit that shot in the first game, which was caught by Judge, but this time he pulled it more and had one of, more of your traditional Yankee Stadium type of home runs, just wrapped around the right field pole. He's a right-handed hitter, pulled it, and was able to put the Rays on the board early in the fifth inning with a one nothing lead. But nevertheless, the Yankees would crawl back very sl- slightly. So uh, with a few runners on, Anthony Rizzo, with the shift on, surprisingly, hits the ball to right field, but somehow even with the shift, um, they're able to uh, get the ball to drop into right field. Um, LeMayu scores, ties the game at that point one-to-one. And then it came to the bottom of the ninth where that man, again, Rizzo, uh, facing Sean Armstrong, Hits a Yankee Stadium uh, shot home run to uh, right field bullpen right over the wall. There. Again, I'm not going to call it a Yankee Stadium uh, right uh, cheapy home run. This was a, a legit shot uh, towards the, the Yankee bullpen area again, uh, similar to where the Judge's home run went um, in the second game, more or less in that same area. Uh, but again, for the Yankees, it's a win, a walk off win, two to one. And at that point, the Yankees had uh, swept the series, again, all tight ball games. And put themselves up 31 games over 500 in a 46 and 16 record. Uh, so even without Severino, uh, still have, have a strong pitching performance by the entire staff collectively. And again, names you wouldn't expect, such as Clark Schmidt, uh, Ryan Weber, and then the Yankees uh, go off and walk off style. And just right now, they're standing, they're rocking and rolling. 
And the Yankees, um, after the game, they announced, you know, for poor Ryan Weber, unfortunately, he gave the Yankees a couple of innings, and they designated him for assignment immediately. Turns out Severino uh, tested negative for COVID, so he will travel with the team to Toronto. So after this series, they do three games up in Toronto. Then from there, fly down to Tampa, so three more against the Tampa Bay Rays. So again, the Yankees on a bit of an AL East little kick here. Now they're ahead of both these teams, you know, some cushion. But again, if they could go that, if they could um, win two out of three or again sweep two more of these series, really put themselves in a you know real comfortable position. Uh, but still, with uh, you know more than half the season to go. But again, Yankees is rocking and rolling here, uh, take all three, and again um, everything's just clicking all right for the Yankees. Even now, Higgy's getting home runs, so uh, you know that's good. Uh, so again, just some other players, maybe like Hicks, still need to come around. Did get booed in that second game. Again, had a situation with um, uh, Icaf on third base with less than two outs. Just needed a sack fly uh, ball, but Hicks ended up striking out there in a big spot and you know heard it from the Yankee Stadium crowd. So uh, still little tweaks that need to be made. Um, but again, things are good in Yankee land. So this week, actually, I did a guest spot on Yankees Morning Brew. Uh, he's someone who was actually was on uh, this show. A couple of weeks ago, so he invited me on to his show, and we kind of, after the first Yankee win against Tampa, we actually kind of broke down that game a little bit. So if you want to go on YouTube, um, you should be able to check the Yankees Morning Brew, uh, flick around for it. I believe it was after that first game. Uh, if you want to catch that, they come in like on the, uh, it was like the uh, 27th minute part of that there. So if you really want to fine-tune to see my amazing guest spot, you can check that out. But nevertheless, uh, thank you for uh, listening. And again, if you haven't done it already, subscribe. Section 420 Talking Yankees, the podcast, wherever you're listening to us, subscribe and you notify when new content comes up throughout the rest of the season. And, um, you know, since I started this thing this season, you know, the Yankees have been a pretty magical year so far. So I'm going to take credit for it. I think it's the podcast that's behind all these Yankees wins. So you chew on that and catch you next time. Mm-hmm.